there! We are the Dungeon Boys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We know you're probably driving somewhere, doing chores, maybe even crafting. And the fact that you choose to listen to us in your time means the fucking world to us. Oh, by the way, this podcast is rated M for Mature because we say things like I just said. Your mom's rated M for Mature. We Come say on. fuck Buckety a lot. Fuckity fuck 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 fuck. Uh, when was our last dick joke in, dick joke in this campaign? I edit. It was like five minutes before we landed the last session. (laughs) (laughs) Checks out. You can find us on any social media searching The Dungeon Boys, spelled B-O-I-Z. We also would like to state that we have a call to action for all you folks today. And that is, if you like our show, we're asking that you recommend it to just one person that you think would also enjoy it. Just one. And see uh, the feedback they give. But enough of that. Uh, for the boys to answer, what does your character think happens after we die? Go ahead, boys, take it away. Hi, guys. Um, it's Ellie. I play Pants on Stardust Echoes. I think Pants is. I don't think he has any thoughts of what happens after we die. I don't think he has time to think about that or has had time to think about that. So, if anybody is willing to discuss that with him, you know, he'll probably take it in. And- Temple, you have an assignment. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm excited to hear what Temple thinks. What is up, you mages and motherfuckers? It is your boy, Grant. I play... <laughs> oh, shit. Let's try <laughs> Nope, that was no, perfect. Good. Keep, going. Keep, going. Good. Keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> okay, no, I'm still going. Alright. All right. I play your golden dragonborn barbarian, Kothtal Tarash, and I would have to say... Being grown up with, you know, as a warrior with his with his father and, you know, trying to hold a such high level of honor, I would say that his idea of he- uh, what happens when we die is kind of like Valhalla. That's cool. Righteous. I love that. Yeah. Righteous, bro. Righteous. Or Valhalla. Or Valhalla. Hi, friends. It's me, Lindsay, six, the tabaxi rogue. And six, um, probably just thinks, since she's done it a few times now, she probably just thinks she comes back to life again. (laughs) Every single time. Doesn't believe in the death. I think six is going to be fucked when she gets to uh, the name Juan, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh Uh-oh. People are going to be like, wait, your name is Juan? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's Juan. (laughs) Juan. I didn't didn't know if, like, we should have done that when you had to roll death saving throws or not, so I don't know. Can it please, please? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Ellie was just... I am. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm like, I, I didn't think it was that funny, but damn. <laughs> it tickled me. <laughs> it tickled me. This is, for, this is for you, all of those fans named Juan out there. You're on your last life, so better fucking cool yeah. it. <laughs> YOLO. Juan. YOLO, bitch. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Dylan. I play Temple, the Warforged Monk on Stardust Echoes. And Temple is fairly confident that when we die... Our soul and body separate. The soul goes through a kaleidoscope of sorting from going through the material plane to the astral plane and then landing either where the uh, individual's deity resides or moving on to a plane corresponding to their alignment. He can go into this in greater detail if you ask him. Uh, he, he has a pamphlet if you need it. Oh. 
has a is it pants colored brands? <laughs> yeah, he's taking it? notes from pants. Like, oh, that's actually kind yes. of a good idea, a good way to convey information. Um, has Dylan flits. Hi, it's me. Is that is did that did that come from your personal belief system of what happens after you die? Because uh, that was magical. Oh, beautiful. And I want that. Yeah. I want that too. I want I want that when I yeah. die. Can I have that? Can I sign up for the kaleidoscope of planes? Yeah, I think that that's yes. as good an idea as any. I think that you can take that and hold it. Okay. We're all we're all flying off to the kaleidoscope in the sky. Hey everyone, I'm Anthony. I play Grayson Cato on the Dungeon Boys first campaign, Service Echoes. I think Grayson doesn't really think about what happens after we die. He is a follower of the Church of Bahumut, um, or one of the many sects of it, because, you know, he's he's a dragon rider. He was raised on Moss. He was raised to revere dragons and the dragon deity. But because the religion is so non-centralized, and it really is kind of like person to person, family to family, sect to sect, how they worship Bahumet um, as their god, there really is no defined idea of what the afterlife is like. Thank you for putting real D&D thoughts into this. Yeah. Anytime. Oh, yeah. It's good. That was really good. Hey, y'all. This is Arlen. I play Valen, your winged tiefling Sorlock on Dungeon Boys podcast, Stardust Echoes. I think Valen... Hmm. It's a tough one. I think Valen was raised to believe that there was, like, this, like, Hades-esque existence after where it's just like a different plane you know this whole the whole transference of energy into this plane it's not necessarily bad it's just where everyone goes you know again there are different areas you know that you might end up based on like how you were um you know there might be like worse places and like better places more paradise style things but it's all in the same place you know the, the, it is an underworld um I think that's what how he was raised to believe um but I think as time goes on, he just thinks that when you die, nothing happens. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, that's really sad. <laughs> hey there, I am Justine. I am the dungeon master of this first campaign. And I think that I'm going to start doing these as Jigalda, if everyone's comfortable with that. Yeah. Jigalda doesn't know if there's an afterlife, but she craves it mm. for how long she's been alive. Mm. Oh.
So you're in this calm bar of luxury, plush leather, soft leather couches, beautiful sculptures made of wood, metal, and technology, and high windows that look out over the only pieces of nature maybe left on Stratus, this overly constructed planet that is Six's home. You have no one in the room except one servant. One servant. Everyone else is left. We're in Nicaea's quarters, right? Like her bar. Her bar. It's where she meets folks for deals, for sure. Pants. I'm assuming we all kind of huddle. Pants is like, okay, guys, what if I distracted her and I just started crying and vomiting? Just the snot dripping out of my nose. And then you guys just go for it. Just get it. Then we'd have to get out of here. Pants, can you vomit on command? Yeah, Val- Valen's head like kind of does that little yes. skewing and looks at pants. It's like, did you say vomit? Like, yeah, just you can just do it whenever. Yes, I can. Our boy's very talented. I've I've mastered it. I've mastered it. I have lots of practice. It's fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we try to take it from her, we may succeed, but then we would have to escape, and we would have the entirety of this community after us that's the beauty of my vomit is if i vomit on her she'll catch on fire and then we can run away Mm. that is another detail but i don't think it changes the circumstance (laughs) i I, I guess if it was like you vomited on her and we tried to clean her up and tried to steal the piece off her while we're trying to clean her (laughs) that might work but that's but i mean still like it's still one of those things that we just might end up in really got enough people after us i don't know if we need one more group what do we know about Ateev Westways? She's Gallowood's second in command. She seems to be on our side more than theirs. Everyone roll history. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Natural 20. What a... Oh, what a God. bitch. Why, thank God. First roll of the game. Not one for Temple. That's why he asked. He has no fucking Val, Val, Val rolled a five, so that's a seven. So we literally got everywhere in the range. We got fucking... We got the full, full spread. spread. We got Anthony yep. with the 20. We got Temple mm. with the one. And we got me right in the middle with the 10. <laughs> 10, 19, <Yep>. and 16. <laughs> Pants. 19. Six got a 16. That was really fun to say for some reason. I didn't even say it. Okay. Um... Yes. So Grayson and oddly enough pants. No. Nar. 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 Nar nar. No, no. <laughs> I think hold on. I think I think when, when he says AT, Valens has that moment where like it's like, well, who the fuck is AT? Because I just short memory loss. Because like I just don't know, you know? Like you know you forget people. Like you meet them once and <laughs> yeah. you're like Yeah. Yeah. Grayson, what you know of AT? Yeah. So AT Westways, uh, Grayson, you would know the following information. You know that AT Westways is the assistant to Commander, Commander Gallowood. <laughs> the next note literally says all characters except pants know her. So basically, she is the right hand to Commander Gallowood. All the requests that go from Gallowood, she's the one who plays them out. What you know is that she's been kind to you all. She's always seemed to assist with the galaxy and the system, and she's always tried her best to be the fair side. While Gallowood's temper can get hot and heated, she is the one, she is the smother to the fire. She's a part of multiple charities. She has always tried to assist in the best ways possible to get like community things on board. And from everything you know, she's strict and firm and a commander in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. 
but she has been good. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds suspicious. You also know, Grayson, that one of the ancient, which you, you learned when you were on the planet Terra 19, one of the ancient council members who started the Harper's Guild and turned away from the counselors, their last name was West. Yeah. Yeah, so she had said that she's the one who's the most on to one of her Venom distribute, biggest Venom distributors. But then when Valen said, if we can prove differently, Nicaea kind of showed that chaotic evil a little and said, I want her dead anyways. Gotcha. Because Nicaea thrives on chaos because when people feel like they're in chaos, they turn to things that comfort them like drugs, which is what she distributes. What if, hey, pants, um, what if we gave you an image and we can like maybe you could like tinker like a fake head? Ah, maybe we can use that as like a hey, yeah, she's dead and then try to trick her that way. Or we could just use a real head, but not hers. Yeah. We could find something. Well, use a real yeah. head and then and then just kind of fashion yeah. it into like uh Yeah. Like throw some like clay on there or I don't know. I could work on my prosthetics. What happened to that guy we put in the bag of holdings? Do we know about that? Do I don't I don't know about that. What guy, guys? We don't know about that. Yeah, I'm the only person who knows. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. He's the only one. Okay, cut that. Oh, Oh, well, Grayson said, hey, I need a distraction. (laughs) So then we started distracting, and then he went off and came back and didn't tell us what happened. We Kirby'd him. Mm. Cool. I want to give Anthony a moment to react to his history check if you'd like. If not, you can. No, it's okay. If not, you can just take that moment to yourself, Anthony. I mean, it it is in line with what I had said previously to us making the history check. um, So I don't, you know, feel like. There's any new information in there that Grayson would? Uh, Apologies. No, that's okay. I'm just saying, like, I don't think Grayson would like have any more insightful. Is, is this some um, attendant like intently listening to us? Um, he seems to just be straightforward and kind of gazing off. So yes, most likely. So yes, that's why we're huddled. We w- perhaps we accept this mission. We move along, play along, and then when we contact Ative. We do some investigation of this on our own and adjust from there. Yeah, in that way. And at that, you hear a rap, rap, rap on the door. The attendant looks at you all. No, we're, we're all just there. I think I think stay the stairs. Pants shakes his head. Okay. <laughs> he opens the door and I see a slithers in. She says, I have the contract for you. And she places a magical like tablet in front of six. It says that within 30 days, Nicaea, or, wow, I don't know what's going on with me, I'm sorry. Within 30 days, A.T. Westways will be dead by the hand of Six, the bounty hunter. And that, on top of that, you will have regular check-ins from her associate who will make sure that you are on task. And that if you fail to do this, you will then become bounty hunted yourself. So this is a magical contract? It seems to be quite serious. And then Nicaea offers the pen to six. Pants looks over at Violin and is like, should I do should I just start vomiting now? Valen's gonna said just not not this time. <laughs> Valen's gonna walk up and be like, um, can I take a look at that real quick? It's there for I need to see. So I want to um, kind of look at it and then detect magic to see if there's anything else that's written on there or that we would know. It's a, or at least it's a, I would sense an aura of magic. So if she tries to, like, to cast something that's like 
like a, what is it, the illusory script, maybe it would like pop up as like something was casted on it. I'm just trying to figure out this, make sure there's nothing like, 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 I guess malicious against us. There's no secrets to it. It's just a contract. I mean, I think Valen knows enough about contracts to. <laughs> yeah. So with with the spell Hex, which is kind of what I'm basing it off of as like a kind of curse-based magic that is enchantment magic, um, remove curse typically will remove any kind of enchantment magic or curse magic or, I mean, really anything, anything that's like a curse um, that's typically bound to contracts. Because in D&D, you typically see that with making deals with devils because devils make contracts like that and it is like mm-hmm. enchantment magic and you need like a high level remove curse or greater restoration or remove curse to take the curse away or greater restoration of the curse as an act to like remove like the active effects of what the curse is amazing appreciate you yeah um to answer your question valen this would just let if the 30 days expired and the deal wasn't done it would let whoever that person she's alluding to who's going to keep tabs on you it would give them like your location and give them the go-ahead to try to assassinate you all okay yeah, so Valon would grab the. Um, I think he grabs it with his right hand, the the contract, and then just waves his left hand over. And as he does that, the crystal starts to glow, and he kind of like waves his hand to kind of like see if there's anything about it. And then you kind of see like this magical aura come off of it, like this. I don't know. We'll just say it's like a light, like a light pink, like very very calm. It, does, it doesn't seem malicious. It's just kind of there. And then Valon's gonna be like, well, um. I mean, it seems pretty straightforward. There's nothing really hidden on there, so... If this is something we want to do, then... What if I happen to have a magical tinkering pen? Tinkered pen that, it, like, gets rid of the ink after you write it or something. Invisible ink? Yeah. <laughs> I really love the creativity, but you would have had to have created that before the situation. She can't just whip it out of her pocket and be like, Hey, hey, Six. Use this pen instead. Pen. Nasia, this says that specifically six has to end her. She shows her long snake fangs and says, I don't even know why you're part of the conversation. And then looks at six and says, sign. And then, okay, so Val's going to kind of step in and be like, well, because that that just, I'm only intervening because this involves all of us. I'm her magic lawyer. (laughs) We all were involved in winning your fighting pits and... We all act as a group, so I want to make sure that, you know, none of us are singled out. So if you want to go ahead and change that to the Harper's Requiem, then we'll be fine with that. So the Harper's Requiem wasn't just a name. You are truly a team. You saw us in the pits. You saw us fight together. And she ignores you, and she looks at Six and says, Would you let your entire team stake their lives to be a part of something with you? Six has been smoking and looking out the window and trying to process what just happened with her dad. And she just takes a big drag of her cigarette and blows it right in Icy's face. Ooh. <sighs> <laughs> Anthony gets so mad at me. I love it. It's very good. And just says, I think we need more time to talk about it. Your time is up. Well, from the way I see it, you need something from us. And if you want to get it, you should give us a little bit more time. 
She like raises herself up on her snake-like body. You hear the shh against the plush carpet on the floor. She looks around and she says, you have five minutes and if not, I'll kill you all. And then slithers out of the room. All for one and one for all six. We have your back. (laughs) All I said was, I just want to make sure that you're not the only one taking the fall for the six. If things don't go out, go the way they're supposed to. We've come this far. We're all together. I need you all to stop putting us in mortal danger. We have two options. We sign the contract or we don't. We sign it, we kill Ateev, because one life weighed against the galaxy, that's a no-brainer. If we don't want to do that, that's fine, but our whole reason for coming here is to get that key. And if we don't sign it, we don't get the key. So right now, we need to make a decision. Are we killing Ateev or are we not? I think we can commit to killing Ateev and then see what happens as we get there. 30 days is 30 days. It's pretty long. Things are going down with this war- with, with this situation probably sooner than that. So <laughs> I guess in the off chance <clears throat> the universe ends before then, you know, what's the contract? We could possibly sign this contract. And if in the event that we getting the audience with the council could be our opportunity to strike. However, I, it's not a good idea, in my personal opinion, to strike while we can. But and when then we could use the leverage that we have of the knowledge that we have to, you know, either seek freedom or do what we need to do with ATF. What's one assassin versus six of us? Ooh, Temple coming in with the claws. Yeah, I think that we've proven that we are stronger together. But like I said, I just want to make sure that she changes the contract. If if y'all are in for this, like, I'm I'm in it. I'm all in. I fully agree, Valen. Sign it all together? All together. Yeah, or not at all. All together, not at all. Six just takes another drag of her cigarette. And then she just kind of looks around at all these faces and says, I've never had real family before. Pan starts crying. (laughs) Six just says, how about a high five? Pan's is like, me too! (laughs) Pan's just goes in for it. He's in there. Six pats Pan's head and says, don't don't cry for daddy, (laughs) Pan's. Lindsay, take a point of inspiration. I already have a point of inspiration. You can nominate to give it to another person in the group if you'd like. We'll give it to Temple the Hug Monster. And Temple will give it to Pants, because I already have one, too. <laughs> Can you guys use your fucking inspiration? Got it. We need to roll. <laughs> Ellie, did you already have one? No, I don't have one. There Take, you it. Go. Take it. Take it, Pantaloons. <laughs> I used it to, to become back alive again. Back alive. <laughs> so she comes back in with us group hugging. <laughs> We're not crying. You're crying, Nicaea. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Excuse us. So do I still do I do I still have the contract in my hand? It's floating around you guys, just slowly circling your group hug. So can I take can I take a pen and then scratch out where it just says six and then fill in Harper's Requiem? Nothing happens. She has to be present. Nuts. Okay. Six just says, well it sounds like we're gonna be choosing the lesser of two evils. And who's to say Ateev doesn't just get randomly assassined at the vaults of nautical 
to be clear, uh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on my head prosthetics just in case. Torash will just kind of look up at the attendant and just kind of do the dad, the dad thing. <laughs> Check, please. Garçon? <laughs> Garçon? Garçon? And at that, Nicias Illusion said, This is the last time I give you my audience. We'll sign it. But we all sign it. Not just me. She snaps her fingers, the contract disappears, and then a new one unfurls, and it floats right in front of Grayson first. Then please proceed. And it's the same verbiage, just the the changes. It just says the Harper's Requiem and then all of your names. Okay. Six wants to just get in front of Grayson really quick, though, and say, and look Nicaea right in the eyes and says, but when we're done with this, we're done with you. And we'll do no other jobs for you. Do you understand? Absolutely. I respect you, Six. I I wish I could reciprocate. Oh, I know. That's why you haven't been on my payroll. But anyways, Grace and Cato. He's thinking. Buffering. Processing. Uh-oh. Something's going on. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. I blow a puff of fucking smoke in her face and Size McGee over there is losing his fucking mind. And then it's time to sign and he's putting the brakes on. You can't go back on the one or the other, Grayson. Come on. Either you're a chaos goblin or you're not. Okay? There's always a third way. Uh Grayson, she threatened to kill us all. Let's get out of here. Hold on to your seats, boys and girls. What's happening? <laughs> Justine, don't be mad at me, but I'm going to break your game a little bit. No! I'm ready. Oh, fuck. No, the suspense. Ah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fucking Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anthony's ready for some steampunk dinosaur cowboys. Fuck space. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> In case you were wondering, Lindsay just gave a rough spoiler of what season two is going to be about. Enjoy the spoiler, bitches. And thanks for listening. Anthony, go in the goddamn D&D DM one-on-one chat. All right. All right. We're going to have a little chat. Breakout session. Oh, shit. Oh. I'm ready. I am ready for the shenanigans. Oh, shit. We love shenanigans. Why is it always Grayson? Why? Do the Grayson or While this is all happening, we're just, <laughs> they should just, they should just come back and be like, hey, what happened? Okay, so we're back. And I'm, oh, yeah. While you guys were talking, we killed yeah. <laughs> We slit her snake throat. Oh. We slit her fucking snake Nicia throat. Just drops down. By the way, she never existed ever in, in anything. It's all an illusion. It was, um, uh, Torash's scimitar speed just sliced her yeah. in, in half. My illusion! And we're back! Grayson looks around at this exchange, pen in hand, and looks at the contract, looks at his team. Um, I will say, Justine did talk me out of the nuclear option. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. Fuck. Wow. But Grayson takes the pen and twirls it around in his fingers and says, Nicaea? Yes. I really do wish <gasps> that you would just give us the key. Are you using your wish? Yeah. Oh, 
my god. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. You all see a black magic, almost like dust start to peel off Grayson and then the flakes almost surround Nicaea and sink into her scaly skin. Her eyes have a glaze and she says, (laughs) (laughs) You asked so politely. She rips the key from her chest and gives it to Grayson, snaps her fingers, the contract ceases to exist, (gasps) looks down and then comes back up, eyes completely clear and says, I really do respect that you won my game. You have favor in Nicaea's court. Thank you, Nicaea. Suck on that snake, bitch. Oh my god, (laughs) let's get the fuck out of here, guys. Grayson says, thank you for your generosity, Nicaea, and bows slightly to her and says, should there ever be an opportunity for us to work together again, I'm sure we can make something happen. Absolutely. And he puts the key away and motions for the group to leave. We leave. I leave. (laughs) I respect you all. And she bows and says, please, if you ever need venom, I'm here. But she seems kind of off. She's still like kind of swaying back and forth. And the attendant's eyes are huge watching this happen. Like, what the fuck? Someone threatened the attendant right now. (laughs) Six just squares up on him. (laughs) I, as I go to walk out, I do what I did before and reach my hand out for hers. She snakily puts it into yours. I gently kiss her hand. Thank you. Stop. We thank you for your audience and your time. As what Grayson said, if there's any possibility of further employment, we will be here for you. Reptilian love. I will keep an eye out, and I respect the Harper's Requiem. Good luck on your race, Torash the Voicebreaker. Hope you can watch with great anticipation. And I walk out. Absolutely. And then you all start to leave. And as you leave, you go through kind of a waiting room area, and Bart and Phantom are both standing there, arms crossed. Holy fuck. Let's get the fuck out of here, guys. <laughs> Keep walking. Keep walking. Pants like just keeps walking. He's like, okay, it was nice to see you guys again. See you later. And he just like starts, keeps walking. Bart takes a paw, nails sharpened and grabs Six's shoulder. Like nails almost puncturing your shoulder. <gasps> Daddy. Ooh. <laughs> and all of us react and like fucking nail his ass. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I want to enter the room last. I want to leave that room last and enter this room last. All the dudes fly off the handle. <laughs> so Six sees that everybody is wanting to react, and she kind of holds her hand up to motion like, it's okay. And then breaks the wrist, walks away. She does like a <laughs> sweet tactical maneuver to like bust his hand off of him. <laughs> Straight up Rex Quando. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Get you some American flag pajama pants. Roll a d20. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, excuse me, pardon me. Hang on just a segundar here. Fucking shit, it's a tw- six rolls of 12. He rolled a 13. Ah, oh, fucking shit, dick. Aww. Inspiration. Hey, remember that inspiration point you have? <gasps> yeah. Inspiration. Break the risk, walk away. Whoa, Nelly! Oh, yeah. Love you, sir. This is tense. No! Seven. Five. 
seven. Oh, God. So you kind of grab his wrist. The claws digging into your skin. Blood is drawn. And you didn't successfully break his wrist, yeah. but when you tried to pull it, it almost like pulled a tendon. And he's super buff and strong. And he looks at your wrist slowly. Then, like, without his head moving, his eyes just shoot up to yours. And this low, chuffy growl comes out. And she looks at him right in the eyes. And you can see her eyes just... You know in anime, when shit's sad and intense, their eyes jiggle? Yeah. Just to, just to give you the, the suggestion that there's potentially moisture welling up inside of them. And she says... I've already made my choice because you made the wrong choice long ago. Good line. Fuck, yeah. Okay, right when, right when that happens, she says that, uh, Valen's going to misty step and appear behind Bart, dagger out against his throat, and then you'll see it like crackling with like lightning energy. Bowen blade! Against his throat. And I'm going to whisper in his ear, I'm like, let or fucking go, or else. <gasps> Electric boys. He takes a deep breath, almost pushing his Adam's apple against the knife so you see a drop of blood, and he looks at Scout, not even paying attention to Valen, and says, You always made the wrong choice. You were never my daughter, and now we are enemies. You're a real butthead. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your new family suits you well. So, and then at at that one, I, before I before I let him go, I'm gonna do that thing where you kick the back of their knee. Yeah. And he falls to his knee. Yeah. And then, and then I'm gonna walk away. I'm like, this isn't fucking over. Ooh, without the accent, we love that. He shakes it off his fur bristling, and whispers directly towards you in six. It never will be. And then walks back into the room. Is Phantom still there? No. Fuck that bitch. Let's get back to the ship. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get back to the ship. If if everybody is done threatening people in this very dangerous secret hideout, let's get back to the ship in one piece. Please. For the love of all the gods and all the devils and all the heavens and hells. I am done with this fucking planet. We're lucky enough to get out of here unscathed. Let's make like a tree and leave. An attendant leads you to a beautiful elevator platform where you rise above and you're back in that upper black market area that you were in before. Is there anything you'd like to do before you leave? Uh, I'm going to the, was it the Saki chicken to go talk to (laughs) Noxious? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So we'll start first with Grayson. So you head purposefully towards the soggy chicken. Yeah. And as you get there, there is a huge sign upon the door that says temporarily closed due to needing new supplies. Bitch. Oh. Is there a lock on the door? Oh, insight. Valen rolled a 13. Doesn't look like there's a lock. Grayson tries to open it. You get zapped. Well, this is Justine's way of not giving us our fucking shit. <laughs> she doesn't want us to have that cloak, is what it is. Can my steel defender try to 
break into there? Sure. Every time you're so agreeable with it, I just know that it's not going to work. <laughs> sure. I'm not that shitty of a DM, I swear. I think I'm with Grayson in this. I think we just need to get the fuck off this planet. Grayson uh, just takes the bag of holding and dumps out the body in front of the door and writes a little note to pin to his lapel that says, you owe us our cloak. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> That's right. And then it just and it just says HR. Uh, so good. Grayson, take a point of inspiration. Oh my god. <laughs> Pass it along. Fucking give it to someone else. Uh, I'll give it to Lindsay. Yeah, I'll give it back to Lindsay. <laughs> Socialism can work, guys. Oh my god. You guys are so good in this episode. Yeah, so fuck. You dump a body of bag of holding, you notice black lines where veins would be almost crawling up the skin. The cheeks under the cheekbones have completely caved in, and it almost looks like the chest is concaved in, like a mixture of magic and lack of oxygen. But you notice that both hands off stoner are missing. That's weird. <laughs> Oh God! Jesus, Grayson, oh. what did you fucking do? You guys are all gone. I waited till all you guys were gone before I dumped the body out. None, none of you are watching me do this. Oh, got it. Okay, great. We're just gonna have a bagman out of nowhere and be like, "What the fuck? What's happening?" If any of you know the mystery of the bagman, this is the legend of his existence. God damn it, bagman! No, bagman origins. Oh, God damn it, bagman! Oh my God! No, <laughs> bagman origins. Whoa, it's yeah. the bagman! I was waiting for this. <laughs> damn it! God damn it! And so you dump this body with no hands, and do you go back to your group? He yearns for the bag. He yearns for the bag. <laughs> he did notice that he doesn't have hands, though. Like Grayson sees. I, yeah, okay. I clocked that. Okay. Mm, but he can't talk to anyone about it. He just has to live with that information. Ah. Uh, anything else we want to do? Leave. I am Gucci. Leave. I want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, let's go. If you realize you have enough, you are truly rich. Let's get back to the ship. Mm-hmm. And you all walk into the area. A couple folks notice Temple from his and and six from their performance earlier, and kind of like. Give small rounds of applause. And then as you look at the greasy butterfly, you uh, see the bartender kind of look up and like wink at you all. And do you make your way back to the ship? Yep. What was that about? I don't know. Temple bows to the crowd, like, you know, hand on his heart and he bows, but he does like, because he's got that machine flexibility, he like folds all the way in half. <laughs> Whereas like... <laughs> cheeks are touching his shins and bounces back up like <laughs> and you make your way you head upwards because this was kind of this this was kind of the center of like a pit of the area and you kind of walk through this black market you see folks offering things out of their coat some with magic spooling around them there's signs everywhere like machines crawling on the ground lights it's just very much like the cyberpunk feel as you walk back towards your ship and as you see the ship you see phantom leaning against your ship arms crossed ugh double ugh <laughs> how can we help you today phantom Oh, I thought that um, you weren't talking to me there, Mr. Cato. Would you like to get off our ship? 
Absolutely, I should have present for my dear old friend. She kind of spits venomously and holds out a hand with two beautiful hoops that she gestures towards six. Mm. No hard feelings there, darling. (laughs) (laughs) When she says that, Valen's gonna, like, like, for my old friend, Valen's gonna look at it and be like, well, you know, earrings aren't really my thing, so (laughs) thanks anyway. (laughs) Valen, that's funny. She wasn't talking to you. (laughs) <laughs> Pants goes, Phantom, I have a present for you too It's a flower And he like reaches into his vest pocket And he like flips her off And he's like, oh wait Oh my fucking god <laughs> That's not a flower <laughs> Amazing. Could you please get off the ship So that we can get on it and leave you here forever That's amazing Damn, Damn Pants <laughs> Six just scowls at her And she looks at her and says if I take them, will it make you leave faster? Absolutely. Great. She grabs them and says, thank you, I guess. I don't even have pierced ears. To our next meeting. And she walks away, swishing her hips. Pants is like, give me those. <laughs> Here you go. It's a gift from daddy. <laughs> and then he has Fidget do the scanning. Yeah, smart. D- detect magic? Identify. Yeah, these are just normal, really nice white gold hoops. Okay. Here you go. You can have them back. I don't wear earrings anyways. Well, do you want to keep them so you can tinker with them or modify them? Or maybe Fidget can have pierced ears now. Oh, yes. Thank you. That would be awesome. Yeah. They're trash to me. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) You all get back on the ship. Jigalda is purring and laying next to Inferna Jones, who is breathing smoke out every exhale. Hey, girl. And Sir Charles is bouncing around, turning into each of you on the console, very excited that you're there. I think once back on the ship, Azeron kind of, like, jumps off my shoulder and just, like, glides down and knuckles up and nuzzles up next to Inferna Jones. Inferna Jones, like, sniffs Azeron, and then just and kind of like starts to starts to play Val. What a pair. What a pair. He's bigger now, too. They're the two best friends that anyone could have. Yeah. Have you achieved your goal? We have, yes. Uh, can you get us into the atmosphere and then we can de- determine where we're going next? Of course. Torash, I have played in coordinates. Also, I miss you all. Missed you too, Dragalda. I missed you too, Dragalda. Missed you too. Dragalda. Scratches Dragalda behind the ear. You little cutie. You'll come in, come in handy quite a couple of times. Setting course to the coordinates. You all feel the anti-gravity hidden on your feet. And you can take a seat. You could stand. Torash is in the pilot's seat. The artificial gravity, mean? Yeah, the artificial gravity. I said anti-gravity. Yeah. And then you all... <laughs> The ship kind of turns upwards, but your sense of gravity is normal, and you start to slowly go against the rain pattern on the ship and head off of Stardust. Good job. We did it. We got off the coffee And now you have two of the eight pieces of the cannon. Group fist bump. Blow it up. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie's throwing a punch. (laughs) Quarter of the way there, guys. (laughs) 
thanks for tuning in to the Dungeon Boys first campaign, Stardust Echoes. We have a big thank you to give to you, but also an ask. We have a challenge, call to action, request, favor, whatever you want to call it in your mind. We just, we really love doing this and we put a lot of hard work into it. And we are going to ask that you tell one person about the Dungeon Boys who doesn't probably know about them. We appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts and may all your space travels be safe. Welcome back to Anthony's Mouth Minute. Yeah! Um, we've all been yeah! waiting desperately for this great segment to come back, so let's just listen to some soothing no, mouth no, no, no. <laughs> Slowly just being like, nothing. No, thank you. I don't know why, but when you said the word desperately in that tone into your mic, it just, I was like, <laughs> sure you were. I can't. I, I can't right now. I do it for an All audience right. of one, and the audience of one is Dylan, and that's that's who I do the mouth minute for. <laughs> you do it for, for my husband? Yeah. Aw. Romance. I love, I love that. <laughs> Got the do it for Aww. him. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Do it for him. And it's a, it's a bunch of pictures of, of, of just Dylan. Dylan. That he doesn't even know you took. They're just like random pictures like in his house. <laughs> yeah. Screen grabs some calls. Yeah. Screen grabs some calls. Just like, him angle. just like in the kitchen. Like, like long through angle, the window. Like, <laughs>